Hey, I'm Ruben from Dub. Welcome to Connection Loop, our actionable podcast about building businesses with daily human connections. Connection Loop features long form interviews with fascinating people in sales, marketing, and beyond. Enjoy today's episode and learn more about Dub at dub.com. And we are live. Hey guys, this is Ruben from Dub's podcast. Today I have Stephanie with me. And I'm so humbled and so honored to have you with us, Stephanie, because you have an amazing growth journey. Uh, you're a podcast host. You were recently named a top social media influencer by Forbes. I cannot wait to get into some topics here and how we can specifically guide people on building up their personal brand, creating original content like what you've done, and just doing it in a very fun, authentic way. Um, so let's get into this. If you could just start with a quick bio and then let's get into the topic. Okay. Hi, thanks for having me. It's so nice to meet you. Um, yeah, I mean, you pretty much nailed that. It's funny, like a definite recent journey. This has only really started um, for me since the pandemic. Um, I have a background in real estate, mainly like distressed assets. I also um, am a public adjuster because I like to give back to people and be a property owner advocate. But I'm, I'm in branding and marketing. And since the pandemic, I started showing up every day. Um, I started really showing the personal side of my brands, plural. And I kind of figured out a way to, to connect them all together um, in a synergetic way. And I was recently named uh, Forbes top social media influencer in a niche market. So it's been uh, an interesting journey, but it's, it's uh, my brands are being recognized. That's amazing. And then you you mentioned that this was something that you kind of kicked off earlier last year with yeah. this whole thing. What what was the catalyst for you? Was it just like you're okay, I'm stuck at home now. I'm just going to start creating content. What was the process? Honestly, it was really that. It was I'm home now. I can no longer travel for work. I can no, no longer go to conferences. I I'm just doing phone calls all day and Zoom calls all day. So I started recording, you know, kind of watching what other people were doing to kind of keep in in front of their audience that they're or they're even just their friends, right? People are doing it on Facebook just to stay in the know of their people. Um, and it, yeah, I just started playing around, dabbling in things. We took a few courses, uh, how to make videos. We took some script writing courses. None of that really aligned. It was very false, you know, just felt like we were not being true to who we were. You know, we had our salespeople do it as well. So when I finally just started being authentic and sharing my story, like the behind the scenes of my business life and even personal struggles, that's really when um, it started to kick off. Mm. Well, one of the things that, that I think is, is it's actually been a challenge for me. I'd love to get your feedback on it is this idea of doing the primary gig, which in my case is building a building dub, which is a tech tech right. platform, but then also really investing and uh, putting content out and then investing into my personal brand uh, because of the obvious benefits of that. And I think one of the, one of the challenges is always figuring out that balance on how do I, how do I be authentic? How do I make the voice mine? But at the same time, how do I get um, support to be able to, to go through the process? Because I know the type of person that I am and that whenever I try to self-publish, the same thing happens all the time where I start to do it. I'll grab the video, I'll grab the photo and I'm in 50%, 60% and then boom, the distraction happens. There's a fire that I have to put out. Someone comes in that door and I don't get it over the finish line. So I'd love to get I'd love to get your your feedback on how to like really put our voice out there 
um, so that people can really feel like they're making a connection with us, not necessarily something that's been done by someone else. Right. So I think there's so many layers to what you just said. Mm. <laughs> so first it's the authentic part I think is what everyone is struggling with right now. Mm. Um, everyone who owns a business is like, wait, I can't wear a t-shirt and talk about what happened to me yesterday. Like mm. that I have a professional service. I don't want anyone to think I'm not professional. Mm. But in reality, I think now what's happening is we're buying into the person, right? So I want to do business. I, I use this as an, as an example recently. I want to do business with my local dentist that I see the videos every day of their operation yeah. mm. because I'm seeing them. It's just, it's the cheesiest comparison, but it's like I've been with a dentist for 10 years. They're nowhere to be found. And I'm intrigued by the stories that my this other dentist is sharing so i want to i bought into who they are because they're showing me who they are um so i think everyone just has to really understand it's a little uncomfortable in the beginning so forget the time management just get over the uncomfortable thing and start mm. doing it you'll you'll create relationships and then the second part of that is the time so it takes a lot of time but i think we also get hung up on having to have this strict Okay, Monday needs to be motivation. Tuesday needs to be business. Like you don't need a strict plan, but you do need to plan. So content calendars are amazing. If you don't have the ability to have an entire team, I mean, I have a team. I have people who help me create content that's driven by what I want. But I'm watching everything. I'm a bit OCD. I want my voice to feel like my voice because it's my voice. This is how I speak to the world now. This is my office. So I'm in control over a lot of that. But if you don't have the ability to have a team, one day a month, plan out your content calendar. Get Love it all that. lined up. So important. It's it's so important to overcome those hurdles. I remember thinking and looking back at some of the, the some of the content pieces that I put out three, four years ago. And it was so forced. It was not conversational. And and I remember hearing someone just actually yesterday in one of one of our recorded conversations someone said that their team their whole sales team was suffering from this problem of being right. the announcer voice like right. hey my name is ruben and i'm here today to do this and you know it's it's like forced smiles and it's like kind of forced voice yep how how unsustainable is that it's totally unsustainable but that's how we all kind of start out right. i my first video is like Hi, I wanted to tell you about this. So I actually found that I had to poke around with different ways of doing things. Like, I mean, your platform is very cool for making video. Like I've checked it out. It's it's It seems super user friendly as well, but it's also, you have to know your style. Are you the person who can speak directly to the camera or do you need to interact and record and, and have a conversation? Because that's a really good icebreaker. If you start that way, then you start to get used to seeing your face moving, <laughs> the sound of your voice, the way your eyes twitch, whatever your your thing is, right? And then maybe you work yourself into doing the actual direct videos. But in the beginning, the direct videos, I was I was announcer voice too. Yeah, yeah. I think it's like some people are announcer voice, some people are kind of awkward voice, or like looking at the cameras and they're just like getting started. They don't know exactly what to say. And, and little do people realize that if you don't catch their attention within the first three to six seconds, people are not going to watch your video and the algorithm is not going to ferret that favor it. It's like just get out and redo it. <laughs> right, right. But you have to test because I think right. in the beginning, the algorithm is not going to favor you anyway because you're mm -hmm. just starting to show up. Totally. You yeah. know what I feel like happens though is like the if you've been quiet, 
And if the first time you go to Instagram Reels, you know, and it's been maybe six months, or you haven't done it or whatever, and then you just drop something, it's like, oh, 5,000 views, 400 right. views. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, I get this That's hit of what? dopamine. I'm going <laughs> viral. I'm all in here. And then you do your second one and your third one, it's like seven views or right. six. It's right. like, wait. They, give a, they give you a little bit of a pump. Like, right? It's here. <laughs> you can make it happen. <laughs> it's so it's so funny. I've noticed that a number of times. So I like always manage my expectations. I'm like, yes. I don't I don't even look at the engagement. I just say, how did it feel? Right? Did I educate? Did I entertain? Did I delight? Right. Um, yeah. And there so, are a lot of days in the year, right? You can post every day. Some sometimes I post, I have 50,000 views. Some days I post, I have 1200 views. Hmm. And it's like, I thought the one with 1200 views was cooler content. You, you never really know. <laughs> mm, yeah. Uh, so you have a podcast. What was that process like uh, getting that off the ground? What is it called? What kind of topics do you cover? So it was super intimidating. Um, I think you are right now, I think we're, we're being approached by so many different types of industries, like marketing agencies, like how to set up your podcast, how to here, spend 10 grand here, spend five grand here. Like, so when you feel like, okay, maybe this is more complicated than I realized. So I struggled a little bit with even just setting it up. But really, the podcast is called The S2 Show uh, over here. <laughs> I just, I literally just put together what S2 yeah, is. Yeah, it's I, It just, it got me. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm Stephanie Saunders. So SS, S2 Show. Really, I, I want to talk to experts in my industry. And I want, since I'm doing that on a regular basis anyway, to have experts on my platform and I'm doing these recordings, I figured, why not just make it? housed in a podcast. And then it kind of also morphed into talking to other people about their personal brands and the personal side of their business, because it's really boring listening to these professional service based things and not hearing anything other than their expertise. So it's kind of an all around. Yeah. So I'll make a, I'll make a reference here and it's going to sound a little awkward, but I'm going to get to a point. So my daughter, two years old, her hair has been getting tangled a lot lately. So I told my wife, I said, Hey, why don't we put some like coconut oil and argan oil in it? Because, you know, spaghetti, when you add olive oil, it doesn't get tangled. It's, it, it doesn't <laughs> tangle. It's like, doesn't the same logic apply? Right. So in my mind, I'm like, you know, it's like that. That's what makes you bulletproof. It's like put oil in your hair. I don't know if that's true or not. I've not tried it. She says no, but where I'm going with this is that by having a podcast, mm -hmm. by creating original content, by doing live videos just like this, instead of doing a private Zoom call where it's a discovery call, right. we've, created, we've created content and we've created a relationship in the process. So no matter, assume that nothing happens from a conversation, at right. least we created the content. At least we have a recorded conversation. We can write a blog post. You know, we learned something, we shared something, someone else was inspired. I always go back to that. And ultimately what it does is that it makes me kind of bulletproof. It, it, it makes it so that the spaghetti never gets tangled up. Right. I mean, I'm with you. I think this is the best way for especially beginners to learn how to make content. Like just, yeah. just record your calls, do them live, mm. make a podcast. It's, it's that simple. Then you start to build like this gallery of your social media content. Yeah. Now, I think there's there's this essential thing, I think, when it comes to to putting yourself out there. And I think about mm -hmm. this a lot because I've gone through this journey. Getting over traumas in your life. Okay. Mm -hmm. Getting over insecurities. Yeah. Getting over feeling uncomfortable looking at yourself. Yeah. 
getting over the fear of rejection, the fear of imposter syndrome, having past lovers and bosses and people in our in our past worlds that are looking at our content, thinking that they're ooh, getting that feeling, you know, that cringe. And I and I'd love to learn from you. What was that process like for you? Because everyone goes through it in their own way. Yeah. Um, how did you overcome it? Right. So I think I really, and I say this all the time, I just stopped caring what people thought. Hmm. Really. I mean, it's that simple. It sounds simple, but it's really just getting over yourself because you, you, we have an ego. We want everything to be a certain way. But why do we want it to be this way? Are we preconditioned because of the Instagram era and, you know, all of that? Or or what is it? Right. You go you go through some deep rooted uh, traumas. Why? Why am I so worried about what other people think about my voice or my face or what I might say? So just getting over yourself and dropping the ego. Mm. Is the Instagram era over? No, but it's almost over, I mm. think. Or it's sw it's switching. I mean, I think the fact that I was featured in a Forbes article for top social media influencer of 2020, and all I was really talking about at the time was my business and like tips on my business and actual business motivation. I think really what, what that person who put me on the list was saying was saying that this person is is a thought leader and they're influencing on a social platform in this new way. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I'm not just posting pictures in a bikini next to a sports car or selling a brand product because I'm partnered with them for money. I'm actually like changing the process of influencers. Like that's, that's how I read it. So mm. I think we're we're kind of on the verge of that. Like most people right now are focused on how do I talk about who I am and who my business is. Right? Yeah, I, mm, I I tend to agree with you. I I think that um, what's really interesting is that I think the new era now of of folks in the business world. Because when I used to think of someone that's a quote unquote influencer, I'd be like, oh, it's this person that goes to Bali and then jumps off the cliff and the drum. It's like that's what you think of as the cliche, but that is that is so not what it is. It's like people have bills to pay, you know, like we have right. we have stuff to do, we have responsibilities. And who says that we can't run our business, develop business relationships like this and also share the process? I mean, watching someone do a business thing, sometimes for me it's it's more entertaining than someone just right. hanging out in in Bali, right? Right, and but I, I think I'm sorry. I No, please. Hey, I think what there's a stigma though. Mm. So I think even for me, like, so I'm a millennial, right? Mm. And I never in a million years would be on social media. Like if it wasn't for the pandemic, I'm very private. I don't like mm. to do this stuff. So I guess back to your question, like what, what did I have to drop? It was some of those walls that I have up where I protect myself. Are you suggesting that millennials don't like to post themselves on social media? Is no, that what I just heard? <laughs> but I happen to be one that right. is, I kind of feel like, there is a stigma where it's like, oh, well, I don't, I'm not branding myself to have these relationships with companies. So I'm not going to be a social media influencer because this is what I think of it. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, I would never think of showing up and doing this kind of thing because it's not sexy. It's not lifestyle. So I think we do have like even older people, especially would call them dinosaurs, right? They think of a social media influencer as like a little kid with, you know, with a the brand they're with supporting. With a selfie stick, yeah. Yeah, a selfie stick.
Fantastic. There you go. So mm. I think there's this stigma around it. Do you, do you agree? I agree with you. I think that, uh, and I think to your earlier point that a lot of that is just now coming to an end. I think that right. now it's like my favorite videos to watch now is when the person is in their rawest, crudest moment when they're in the kitchen and the big bowl of pasta sauce just, just <laughs> made yeah. a disaster on the floor. Like that's what I love to watch. Cause I'm like, you know what? That's comedic relief. It's, it's connection. Right right on a massive level and it's and it's i feel empathy i feel emotions i feel sorry i feel happy right. and make you know and then and then as a result like it's a sustainable sensation it's not it's not like trickery or it's not something where i get that dopamine hit that services my ego you know the bikini the car all that type of stuff it's not it's not like that you know and i and i think that that's the new era and I, and it's so exciting to be at the forefront of that yeah, I agree. But I hope that more people will start to understand that it's okay. Like, you know, they're not, their brand may not be cool to them. You know, they're mm -hmm. an accountant, they're an attorney. They're like, oh, my brand doesn't fit this model. It's like, no, this is for everyone. I was talking about distressed real estate and property damage insurance claims, and I made it onto a Forbes list. Like, mm. guys, <laughs> guys, come on. So there, so just say, that was a, that was a money line. Could you just repeat that? Because that was yeah. great. It, it's true. If, if I could do it, anyone can do it. <laughs> and and what was the content that you were focused on? I was literally focused on posting about distressed real estate assets and property damage insurance claims, and I made it onto a Forbes list in ten months. Okay, so here it is. If if Stephanie can make that interesting, because that's a, that's an air quote boring topic, which yes. I don't think which oh, I don't okay. think it is. By the way, I don't think it is for the record. I, oh. It's still relevant, but <laughs> I totally get your point, and that's amazing that you did it's that not and you acknowledge sexy. it. It's not sexy, and I think I really appreciate you know listening to someone who is let's say a title agent. They work for Fidelity National Title, right? It's a big corporation that is the most boring industry in the world. It, they're on podcasts with authors and politicians and they're talking about life, but yes, they're promoting a business, but it's not this hard sell. They're selling themselves and they're selling the things that they relate to. And that's kind of how I see this all unfolding. Mm. Yeah. I mean, one of the phenomenons that I notice is that there's a couple of things that I think are happening. Number one is with this whole audio world that's kind of blowing up now. First, it was podcasts, and now it's apps like Clubhouse. Twitter has one coming out. Facebook has one coming out. Mark Cuban has one coming out called Fireside. That whole audio social social movement is just on the beginning right now. Definitely. And I think, right? And I think what's really interesting about it is that you don't see our face. You know right. what? We're we're floating around the house. We got our AirPods on. We're doing our thing. Right. We're making a mess, and it's just our voice, which is like the oldest method of communication, right? Right. And uh, it's so interesting because what you can extract from that is all these things that we're looking for, minus all the things that are aesthetic. You know, right? There's no cars. There's no bikini. There's none of that stuff. It's right. just our voice, right? We've and gone back to basics. And mm -hmm. I, I don't know about you, but I'd love to talk about Clubhouse with you for a second. But I found that on Clubhouse, you're really getting more of the vibe for someone's personality and their expertise. Mm. So are they the person who cuts everyone off? Or are they, you know, more calm, cool, and collected, but they have a funny side that maybe you didn't realize they had because you're listening to their voice and you're you're getting that feel for them in a different way. Um, so I'm really enjoying the audio thing. I'm still trying to figure out Clubhouse though. Are you, are you using it? Like, what are you thinking about it? Mm, yeah, I went deep, deep, 
deep into the clubhouse rabbit hole for about, for about a week. Okay. And I was massively inspired, massively motivated. I learned a ton. I made a, an insane amount of connections. Oh, wow. um, I, I went from zero to a thousand followers and it seems like a couple of days. Wow. And uh, I, I don't know what that means on clubhouse, but, <clears throat> but what's interesting is that I haven't been on it in a week or <laughs> two. And, and the reason why that's the case, the reason why I fatigued on it was because I started to notice that I found myself on the, like I was moderating, I was speaking a lot. I was, you know, being put up on the stage. I had an opportunity, but at the same time, I was like, you know what, there's something else in my life that I, I cannot let go of because I've got 40,000 people that are using our technology platform and we've got so much work that we could do and make it so much better. I need to go back and focus my time on Dub as a platform. And as a result, I kind of took away from what I needed. And then now I'll, you know, I'll pop in every once in a while, but I'm like a recovered addict. And now I just, you know, I just, I chill. Fast. That was fast. It was fast. It was really well, fast. It was really I, fast. I agree though. Like I, I didn't play around on it for a week. Like, so I haven't even hosted. We, we actually did like a trial run a couple mm. people yesterday just to figure out how it works, how you add moderators and um, it was fun, but when I played around for like a day or two, you can get sucked in mm -hmm. that way because you're jumping from room to room and then you don't want to be rude because maybe you're a moderator now or you're on the stage and you're there's they're talking about something that really fits with you and you're seeing you're gaining followers. So I get it. There are so many places right now to lose yourself. Right. But the thing I don't really get about Clubhouse, or maybe not, it's not that I don't get it. It's that I'm not really happy about at the moment is the the need to jump from place to place so there's no like messaging which is fine but in order to connect with someone you really have to do your work so if you follow each other then you have to really like research okay how do i find them on this other platform it only links you to twitter so what if this person is you know more on linkedin so i'm i'm not seeing like the transition being smooth right now of actual mm -hmm. connections well, you know what's amazing about that? And I think that this was one of those amazing coincidences where the founders got extremely lucky, <clears throat> but not having a proprietary chat function within the app mm -hmm. was the best thing that they can happen. That that could happen. Really? It's the best thing. And I'll explain why. <clears throat> yeah, I want to hear this. I, I know deeply what it requires to, to create real-time chat because mm -hmm. our app has it. Dub has right. real-time chat. Now, it's not at the scale of Clubhouse where millions of people are going to be doing it theoretically, like simultaneously, but it's still there and the tech is there. Now, here's the thing. If people on Clubhouse could chat directly on Clubhouse, the lift to Instagram accounts, to Twitter accounts, and then the residual other stuff like LinkedIn, it's not clickable, but like you can copy or not. You can't even yeah. copy and paste. You can just type the person's name. Right. Those residual follower lift would not it would not happen and as a result you would not get the personalities that have come through like i can pop into a room and hang out with elon musk i can right. hang out with mark zuckerberg i can hang out with oprah it doesn't happen all the time sure. but i can access those people not to for, and forget about those people i can access just just regular people that are insightful and i can just be in a room with them those people a lot of people would not would not want to show up because they don't get the 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 benefit of it, which is like a lot of people in clubhouse are like, Oh, I'm just here to learn and I'm here to contribute. It's like, no, no, no. Hold on a second. This is a two sided marketplace where you share information and then you get engagement in 
an exchange, right? Which is right. Instagram followers and Twitter followers. Instagram is obviously where it's probably more at right now. Mm -hmm. um, but the point of my story is that by forcing people to use those social channels, you, you see lift across all your channels. Interesting. Okay. I get it. And I also get that there's kind of like a privacy factor. Like, you know, someone who is like Oprah can go on there and feel like she won't be bothered after the fact. And I didn't think, I didn't think of that. that that's yeah. another great thing. Well, you kind of said that though. Mm, yeah. You no, no, you're, you're totally right. You're <laughs> totally right. But I mean, they could, they could go blow up her Instagram DM, yeah. but yeah. But I mean, right. at, at least at some point that is probably managed by a team. And then the clubhouse thing is there's no team that's managing your right. clubhouse stuff yet. Right. So that's that's a that's a magnificent point. I totally I agree. With they, you. Were, they were uh, valued. Was it eight hundred million? Oh no, they're they're a unicorn already. They're all. I over. can't believe that. Yeah. When they awesome. raised from Andreessen and and a bunch of VCs, it was a hundred million dollar investment at a one billion dollar value valuation, putting them at the unicorn status. Right. But that but that was now it's been weeks. It's been weeks and weeks. So I would not be surprised now that Twitter. Instagram, Mark Cuban with Fireside, and then who knows what else is going on in the background, TikTok, who knows? Right. Now that all those players have come in and validated this market, yeah, it, it could be two, three X that, you know? Right. Um, I was gonna say, what do you think about like the the future of, I've, I've heard people that are big podcasters a little bit weary of this because they feel like now they'll lose that audience of, you know, everyday downloaders because they're, just able to go into a room, but I mean, there will be a recording option soon. I think if, if as long as you're letting everyone in the room know. Yeah, yeah. Here's my take on that. Um, you know, I I noticed a lift to all my channels, right, and uh, including my podcast, okay, and right, and and I'll explain kind of why that happened and what the phenomenon is. I think what happens is that. We're living in a realm of micro content. Like even this podcast right now, one of the things that we're going to go through is we're going to cut it up into micro clips, share it on social channels. People will get this whole podcast, at least the, the money lines of it, just yeah. in micro content. So I think what happens is that people do make those connections to a podcast. They follow on, let's say, Apple Podcasts. And then when they have time, they kind of micro consume it. Maybe they'll grab a couple of minutes here, a couple of minutes there. And then eventually if they get if they get sucked in, then they'll become a longtime follower. So I get it. I, I, think, I agree. You know, I think what needs yeah. to happen with podcasts, my frustration with podcasts is that it forces you to go in and listen for 30 minutes. And we have to do something extremely manual to cut it up. Right. I almost feel like, you know, it's it's like when you watch a trailer. Like if I'm going to go watch, you know, a show on Netflix, I get a trailer. There's no such thing as a movie or a show without a trailer right now. It would never happen. Right. Right. Um, something that's funded and produced. I think the same thing should should be almost required in the podcast. I want the cliff notes. <laughs> right. I agree. I do like it when they're shorter, but sometimes like I like Bill, uh, Bill Rogan, Jeff Rogan, where he. Joe, yeah. Just uh, Joe Rogan. I can't I can't get a name right today. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I appreciate the the complexity of the conversation and everyone's just on the same level, but it's so long. Like I can only listen to it every once in a while. Um, so I don't know. I'm conflicted there. I agree with you though. The cliff notes would be nice, but sometimes a nice long conversation that gets deep is kind of cool. Podcasts and my journey with them was like this. I was in my Tesla driving for an hour a day. I'd click a button, I'd tell the thing what podcast I wanted to listen to, the podcast would come on and I listened to it for 30 to 60 minutes and I'm loving it. It's super right. interesting for me, right? Now I 
sold my car. I'm, I got my studio at my house. I, I don't listen to long form podcasts, two hour, three hour podcasts. What I like to do is to go like, I'm going to check out your podcast. I can't wait to do so. And I'm going to go like pop in and check out a couple of moments. Right. right. But I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish there was like better, a better tech for titles of the segments. And then I could drop into them, you know, on like YouTube, you can do that. Or yeah. where have I seen that? I've seen that in a couple of places where you can like drag and drop and like kind of trim and scroll or whatever. Anyways, that's my own personal ask. Maybe if the podcast God, Spotify, if you're listening, you know, we want stuff like that. Wait, but so doesn't Dub kind of, don't you guys have like a really easy way to kind of drag and drop to make these little clips versus having to like timestamp them for an editor or for yourself if you're making your own video content? Yeah, I mean, a lot of what we've done is our our whole vibe is allowing people to create authentic videos to make connections. So we built like a very deep integration into LinkedIn. We we built a deep integration into Google, like Gmail, Outlook, uh, dozens of CRMs. So instead of typing an email, sending a message that's text based, you click one button, you record a video, and you send it to them. Right. And then we also built out the the ability to to create a one video to many people. So email newsletter, you know, a broadcast, SMS. And then we kind of realized, okay, well, now that people have videos, they want to be able to cut them. They want to be able to edit them, right? So now on the platform, we've built the ability to, to trim, to cut, to export. We're not a, a web-based video editing app. Like there's a lot better ones like InVideo, Wave.Video. Um, does Canva have video? I can't remember. Um, so those folks do that a lot better. But what, what Dub is really good at is allowing you to create a video, share a video, and then track the video. See who's watching it, what percentage, drive calls to action, have people book a time in your calendar. When you booked a time in my calendar, that was all Dub. Calendar integration, right. it was all Dub. So, um, but to answer your question, you know, we do have the ability to take a video, trim it, and then download it, which is exactly what we'll do for this podcast and send right. it to you. Right, right. It seems easier when you have that. I think, it, you know, sometimes these editors that people are using on Upwork, it gets a little complicated because you have the message and they might not understand. So you have to spend a lot of time combing through it. So, I mean, I don't know that we've eliminated that with any of these apps or, you know, web-based tools, but maybe we'll get there. We can like... Yeah storyline just drag and drop that would be nice yeah i i totally agree with you i mean i i love video editing i love what it does for videos just in terms of the lift that it can drive in terms of the dynamics that it can add i mean one of the things that we're we're constantly trying to do is to figure out ways to allow people to record multiple clips dynamic mm -hmm. videos that they can share as is, which which is cool. It's a little raw. The trims are not as good. It's not as tight. Right. Um, or sent to a video editor, and then the video editor brings them to life. Right. So what I've started to do is we spent about two months on the Dub mobile app, and we said, mm -hmm. how do we allow people to do exactly that? What we do on Instagram stories or TikTok, which is recording multiple clips, how do we get people to, to merge those all together and then have one file? And um, I, at some point I'd love to get your feedback on what it would be like for you to use the dub mobile app, record yeah. multiple clips. Um, because yeah. what it's done for me is that it's allowed me to like scale up my content as of literally two weeks ago to the point where now I'm doing exactly what you recommended, which is getting into a daily flow, you know, even one day out of a week, recording a bunch of stuff that I can use then for the, for the whole month. So it's, it's, right. a, it's a process. Yeah. I, I will definitely check it out because anything that can make this like a simpler process is, is very valuable. Yeah, totally. Um, so 
<clears throat> where can people find out about your podcast, your website? Tell us more about your stuff, the kind of value that you're providing when you're not creating content, when you're not on a podcast. Love to learn more. Yeah. So um, you can find me on LinkedIn, really. That's like my favorite spot right now. I was actually recently in LinkedIn jail for having a very high, highly active profile. Um, so I, I posted about being featured in Forbes and I got like 4,000 connection requests in one day and I was flagged as like suspicious activity. So I realized from that experience that you cannot rely heavily on one platform alone, even if you do love it. Um, so my website though is stephaniesaunders.com and, um, I also have the website for the, um, podcast, which is the S2 show.com, but everything is kind of housed on stephaniesaunders.com. Um, but I, I would like to mention that in my not free time, but in my other lifetime, I, I focus on a nonprofit foundation that I founded during the pandemic and it's really geared towards assisting people who've been affected by natural disaster and economic hardship. Mm. But it's really kind of pivoted since we started because people have come to us more for mentorship on career guidance. And you're, and you're talking about the, the Suskind the foundation foundation. Yeah. yeah. So anyone who is interested in getting involved there, because we are like blowing up and what we're blowing up with right now, it's amazing is kids who are asking for support with more opportunity for help related to everything school, everything stress management. Like it's unbelievable. And you're like this tech guy. I would love to share with you um, this. It was sort of like we did these breakout sessions in a, it was an entrepreneurship day and we were talking to maybe 400 kids and they broke us all out into different groups with kids and we created a product Okay, and the craziest thing was that when we went back and everyone shared their product, they were all either an app or a service that was based around giving kids more options for life right now. And it was mainly mental health assistance and how to find out where resources are for tutoring. And it really broke my heart because it's like we are not really we're, we're talking about that kids are going through this. But are we really like, is, are we finding a solution? Or are we just figuring out online school or in person because parents have to work? So it was mind blowing. I would love to share all of that info. The website, you know, doesn't have everything that we're doing, but you can get in touch with, with us on there. And uh, yeah, if you want to get involved in helping some kids and mentor them, maybe even giving them mental health um, options, I would love to connect you with some of those folks. Amazing. What a great opportunity. What a great cause. Well, Stephanie, thank you so much for joining me on this podcast. Um, I look forward to seeing more of your content on LinkedIn, engaging with you. And I can't wait to uh, do another another bit with you in the future. Yeah, you'll have to be on my podcast. I look forward to it. I'm in. I'm in. All right. Thank you. See you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.